All right, here we are again for another edition of Spirit of the Game. This is Ed Mate. And Lewis Harry. And it is now September. So we um, can look back now on the, by the way, this was the what, 128th? Third. 123rd. I don't know where I got eight. Uh, U.S. Amateur played at Cherry Hills. Uh, we were just chatting before we uh, hit the record button here um, whether or not the champion, uh, Nick Dunlap, will be a household name a la Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, uh, or if he will be a forgotten one, much like Stephen Fox. Time will tell. But uh, certainly it was a historic week, uh, fun to have the National Amateur back in Colorado. Um, we've had a nice run at Cherry Hills now, 1990, 2012, and now 2023. I really thought that the um, attendance was amazing. The junior experience that they put on was was fantastic. Uh, a lot of uh, great work by the, many, many people to, to make it such a success, I thought. Yeah, it was so, good. Okay, so to segue into this, so I'm standing on the 14th green watching the final match play out. Neil Shipley, Nick Dunlap, good match, kind of unfortunate how it concluded, not the best, some bogeys, even a double bogey, but I'm standing on the 14th tee and Shipley has a bogey putt to have the hole, tie the hole, there we go. Is that on our list, by the way? Have. Is that still a word? Well, that's that's a teaser. Uh, today we're going to talk about words of golf, words of wisdom, rules, terminology, rules of golf terminology. So anyway, I'm standing there. Shipley's putt misses, and now Dunlap is dormy four, to use a, a term uh, that no longer exists in the rules. He's four up with four to play. And I heard, couldn't help myself, eavesdropping and listening in on the the hushed conversations of, the, of those in attendance saying, oh, it looks like uh, uh, Shipley's now dormy. It's, dormy just sounds bad. So forever and ever, uh, golfers have misused the term dormy. Uh, and now so much so that it's been expunged from the rules, no longer exists. But again, just to clean that up, if you read my monthly article for this month's uh, magazine, uh, I talk about dormy. And in my view, the sad loss of a, a very quaint term that had kind of a cool poetic history. The term dormir from the French verb to sleep um, was used to describe a player who is as many holes up as there are remaining. Um, But again, the crowd there in attendance at Cherry Hills assumed it was a bad thing and and thought Shipley was dormy when in fact Dunlap was dormy. And the match went to the 15th. Uh, The hole was tied with pars. And as a result, um, that was it. The U.S. Amateur Championship was concluded five and four. So um, that got me thinking about other terms in the rules that have either been replaced, dropped, uh, wh- whatever it may be. So we've compiled a list, not by no means complete, but a pretty good um, list of terms that uh, kind of fall into this category of the lost and the misused. So um, First of all, before we move on to the list, what do you think of Dormy? Do you wish they'd kept Dormy? Don't feel strongly about it the way I do? Yeah, I don't feel strongly about it. It's not a term that I was ever attached to in any way. Yeah. Did you find that people misused it all the time? (laughs) Yeah. Much like another term on this list that comes right after Dormy on our list, it was a vastly misused term. Okay. Well, let's go there. So uh, what's next on on our list here? Well, we're going to go back to the, the first one here, all square halved, which now became tied in our current lingo. 
right. or our current terminology. Uh, it's just, it's aligns with other sports. I mean, you never, you never heard when a basketball game was 85, 85 in the fourth quarter. Oh, they're all, both teams are all square here in the fourth. Right. Right. It's, you know, tied is just a common, <laughs> common term. The game is halved at the moment. Yeah. Uh, just, no, but, but again, it, it really harkens back to um, the history of the rules and mm-hmm. how, how old they are and how far back they are dated. Um, I, I don't know of another sport that has roots as deep. Uh, what was the original 13, 17, whatever? We should know that on a, on a podcast called Spirit of the Game. I should definitely know that. Um, but anyway, they're old, and, and these terms have kind of hung around. Um, and I guess I'm kind of on the fence on it. It's sort of an overarching philosophy here as we go through the list. Um, I'm all for clarity. I'm all for let's use terms that are current um, and that describe better uh, so there's, there's no misunderstanding. On the other hand, I have to say, much like um, Dormy, I, I'm gonna, I miss some of these other more artful terms. Halved, all square. Um, it, you know, it, all it does, though, is create – it tied is, is so much better. The match is tied. Uh, I know you got to officiate. Uh, this year's amateur. Did you get to say tied and all square? You didn't. Did you mess that up at all? Did... I did not mess that up. Uh, I did get to say tied. Um, I no, actually, you know what? I never got to say tied in my match. I don't wow. think somebody maybe, was always... maybe maybe once because someone went up. Someone won the first hole. Okay. Actually, I one time I said tied after the second hole because okay. Mull won the first hole. Johnson won the second hole to get okay. back to tied. Yeah. So we were tied on the third tee. So from the third tee on, someone led the match. Right. So just to you know, back up just a minute uh, for our listener, uh, what uh, what did you get to do during the amateur? Real quick, um, you got to you were part of the team. You so got it, to, yeah yeah. So I worked I worked with the USGA Rules and Competitions team for nine days, eight and a half days. And we, I get to walk through Cherry Hills, mark the golf course, do some setup items over there. Uh, I get to walk Colorado Golf Club, mark the golf course, do some setup items over there. Um, and then during the practice rounds, I get to go do setup each morning, set hole locations with the, the hole cutter each morning, pick out the hole location for the, well, it was already, I, I didn't pick it out. It was already set in stone mm-hmm. by the time I got there, but. Right. You set up set tees every morning for the practice rounds. And then for stroke play rounds, I was at Colorado Golf Club. I was a just general rover, timing groups, making sure groups are still in position, roving around the golf course, giving a couple of rulings here and there. But just I wasn't assigned to a zone. I was just a general rover during stroke play at Colorado Golf Club. Once we got into match play at Cherry Hills, I was the referee for match 32 uh, in round 64, William Mole and Tobias Johnson. So I refereed that match on Wednesday. Thursday, I was the forward observer for a match in the morning and then just roved in the afternoon. Uh, and then that completed my... Once once we're past the round of 16, Yeah, the field gets pretty small. The uh, right. the, the guys low on the totem pole like me get cut. The, the, com- <laughs> the committee members move in. Much like the less skilled players. You which were is, which is less fine. skilled rules. No, I'm kidding. I, you, would, no. you should have been refereeing the final match. Okay, well, that, I think that's just good context as we kind of... Uh, Put a timestamp on this on this historic conversation we're we're having here. 
Um, okay, so we've covered the first two on our list. Kind of a pre, we have them broken into two columns, pre-2019 and the present day. And then we have a list of others that are just terms that uh, kind of, you know, have have always been misused or um, just made our list. There's a couple in there and the others that probably should be up in our pre-2019 to present day, but that's... Yeah. Fair enough. That's fine. So let's move on to one I do love, Rub of the Green. Um, Rub of the Green is no longer in the book. Much like Dormy, it's been expunged. expunged. Um, I miss that one. Do you miss that one? Probably not. Well, I think much like Dormy, it was just misused. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really... Rub of the Green. Yeah, a bad break was always Rub of the Green. That's not it at all. A stroke of bad luck or, you know, oh, man, that's that's unfortunate. It it always, oh, it's Rub of the Green. It's Rub of the Green, which it really wasn't. No, Rub of the Green was a ball in motion stopped or deflected by... By an outside agency. By an outside agency, another term that... Because outside outside agency's gone too, isn't it? Yeah, it's down in our other list. Well, yeah. Let's not jump too far ahead. That could really... It gets better and better as we go through this list. Um, No, that's so true. And you'd hear it all the time particularly on television, that's where these terms really, um, you know, got put on a put on stage when the television broadcasters would misuse them and, uh, you know, rules officials from around the world would text each other and saying, did you hear what Mike Tirico just said? <laughs> Is their blood pressure skyrockets? Um, no, so rub of the green was always a bad break. Rub of the green could be a great break. It's just, you know, a rub of the green. The green in the historic context was the golf course. The green was everything. That's where the term green fee comes from. Everything, not just the greens you put on, but the entire, uh, the entire park, uh, so to speak. Again, it's I, not that I was attached to it or I could care either way, but it's it's one that again misused yeah. widely, very very, you know, misinterpreted of what it actually right. was. So I think it's a good thing just to get it out of the out of the definitions okay. and just remove it completely. So. doesn't mean people won't still use or misuse well, the term. A lot of these terms on this list, people continue to yeah. still use. Okay. What's next? Uh, probably my favorite on this list. And one that I don't think ever will get out of the lingo of golfers <laughs> is the term hazard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually just was talking to a head pro this morning. that had a rules question from his ladies club championship. And he must have used hazard at least four times during the conversation. Yeah. And I always feel like a kind of like a jerk when someone uses hazard and then two well, seconds. Just to clarify, you are a jerk, so it's probably good that you <laughs> feel like a jerk every once in a while, right? Well, some of the people the, <laughs> some of the players at the USAM who I told that they were being timed probably thought I was a jerk. Yeah, but. exactly. It comes with the territory. No, but I always feel like a jerk when someone says hazard, and then two seconds later in my reply, I turn around and say penalty area. Right. Like I'm trying to intentionally correct them. But with any of these terms, using the right terminology, especially from someone in a rules context, Mm -hmm. is extremely important. One, because if you're using the right terminology, it's going to help that person understand what it is and where to go find it. Because if I use hazard in a wrong way, if I use hazard and someone goes and tries to find that in the book to yeah. see what I was talking about, they're never going to find it. Right. The other part of it too, is that when you're talking about the rules and you're someone like in the position, like, and we are, you want to look like, you know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you start using incorrect terminology, or you start using words that don't exist anymore. It starts to 
make it seem like you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So when you used, he says hazard, you say tomato, tomato, you say penalty area, did he, this unnamed uh, will protect his uh, identity for sake of failing, not, not embarrassment. Uh, did he pick up on that and start referring to it as a penalty area, or did he keep using hazard? No, he kept using hazard. Okay. Yeah, just, <laughs> which, is, which is fine. Yeah. You know, it, it didn't yeah, change. It didn't my, seem it, to sink in. It didn't change my interpretation. Well, and again, of, I, and again, my view of penalty area, and, and you're right, uh, it is hazard is going to um, be tar- hard to expunge, uh, even though it has been removed from the book. It, I like the term area because it now we're really close to having a game board where everything, the areas of the golf course, as I just said, are just that. They're areas where the rules differ. And so having them referred to as areas, I think is very helpful. So you kind of wrap your brain around it. Instead of teeing ground, we have a teeing area. I know that's later on our list. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole theme of area, I guess the only area that didn't make that list is the putting green. We could, I guess the next step is we're going to call it the putting area. Wouldn't, wouldn't that Bun- be bunkers as well? You don't call oh, that's them, true. You don't call them bunker areas. That's true. Sandy areas. Now that wouldn't work because there's lots of sandy areas that are not quote unquote bunkers. Bunkers. So anyway, I, I agree with you, and I, I, I uh, I'm sure if I'm re- listening back to things I say all the time, I, I say hazard a lot. My, my one. Oh, let's finish with penalty area. My one gripe with penalty area. And this was pointed out to me by a, a newer golfer a couple like a year or two ago. Was when they were learning golf mm-hmm. they they picked it up after 2019 so anything 20 pre-2019 didn't really exist in their head mm-hmm. which actually if you're someone who's picking up golf and trying to learn the rules that's probably the best place to start is <laughs> yeah. if there was if there's nothing prior to 2019 mm-hmm. to confuse you you're kind of just a blank yeah. slate so everything uh, yeah rules amnesia everything present today is just new information for yeah. you so it's probably the easiest way to Probably easier for that, that person to learn yeah. than someone who's been around for 30 years. But they, they pointed out the word penalty area to me, and they had the idea in their head when they first started that their ball just being in the penalty area was giving them the penalty. Uh. So, and I, and I stepped back for two seconds and I thought about that. I was like, well, I, I could see how right. someone with limited knowledge, and you tell them, hey, your ball is in a penalty area. Right. I could see how they could infer that, oh, because now my ball is there in that area. And therefore now, there's a penalty. Now there's a yeah. penalty yeah. for that's me. That's a good to point. Be, and I, I thought about that. I was like, well, it's, that's a good, it's a good point. And it's one knock that I would have against that, that term penalty yeah, area. I never thought of that. Yeah, because your, your ball's in there and it's playable and you hit it out. There was no penalty. No. Nope. Yeah. Very good. Interesting. That's why I love doing rule seminars because you always get a question or a comment that you never thought of, and I think it's uh, it's really mm-hmm. kind of fun. All right, next one I'll take is uh, I it's probably appropriate that I take this because I still use it. I can't get rid of fellow competitor. Yeah, I, I'll I'll as well. I'll claim that I still use it from time to time. Well, and, and where this really gets interesting from a rule, well, where it carries over is in TV commentary where you know. Uh, commentators would really struggle because they wouldn't say fellow competitor. They would say partner, playing partner. That's a term they use all the time, his playing partner um, instead of fellow competitor. Now, just so I, I, now we're all wrong. It used to be some of us were right now. We're all 100% because now it's been replaced with just another player. Is that, 
that's not a definition, another player, but that's how you have it described here. So it's not a, it's not a definition, but the other thing too is there, there's a very clear distinction here between stroke play and match play. Mm-hmm. In match play, we still have the term opponents, right? And that existed prior to 2019, and it exists today. Mm-hmm. And it's a very match play specific term. With fellow competitor, it was always inferred to be a stroke play term, right? Because you don't have an opponent in stroke play. Anytime you come across something in the rules that talks about what used to be a fellow competitor, it, it, the rules always talk about it as another player in stroke play. Okay. So it's not necessarily a definition, but that's just the way that it's Well, and just written. so I'm reflecting back, a fellow competitor prior to 2019 was somebody who was in your pairing group, right? Or was it not necessarily just somebody in your pairing group? And it's not, we oh. shouldn't belabor it. I don't think that's yeah. true. A fellow competitor could be. I think it, I think fellow competitors genetic. could have been any other player on right, the course. Right, right. But there is this distinction, um, real, even though it doesn't necessarily uh, matter, that there's people on the golf course. Let's take stroke play. There's a whole bunch of us on the golf course playing in the competition. Some of them are in our group. Some of them are not. Is there a need or does it matter that some of the people in our group, and that's where the commentators would get hung up, and have to use terms like playing partner to try to describe the difference between players A, B, and C in one group versus the next group of players in front or behind them. So, from and again, there, let's the whole not to get too far afield here. The whole topic of backstopping that I'm pleased to say seems to be cured, where players in a given group would sort of, you know, have a either complicit or uh, unspoken agreement that we were, they were going to help each other since they're, cause you do, and they talk all the time and it does matter who you're playing with. When you're playing with somebody who's playing great, you tend to play better. When you're playing with somebody who's a jerk, you don't like you. So there, there is a, there is a, this factors in to golf competition who you're paired with, but from a rules and terminology standpoint, it doesn't matter. No, from a rule standpoint, they're, they're going to be defined the same way as any other person on the golf course. Right. Okay. What's next? Through the green. Um, again, another a, a term I think people, most people knew what through the green was. I think there was a little bit of, probably out there a little bit of confusion on what through the green is. Um, but it's just a, a term that it has the same definition today that it did in 19. It, it encompasses mostly the same area of the golf course. It's just called something different today. Which is? General area. Yeah. Again, that gets us back to area. It also gets us back to television commentators who, when a player would hit the ball over the green, they'd say he hit it through the green, and all the rules officials around the world would just, you know, gulp and gasp and, you know, get an airsick bag or, you know, get out the defibrillator as they couldn't handle it. Um, but again, I mean, that, so that created a ton of confusion. I know that uh, Lou Blakey had to rebrand his website, right? It was, he did. It you know, was, uh, went from throughthegreen.org to generalarea.org. Yeah, not um, nearly as, as uh, cool and poetic as By the way, is. not run by John Vanderbort now. Oh, okay. Not okay. Lou Blakey okay. anymore. So. Yeah. Just a small point. Well, and again, through the green takes us back to rub of the green, the green being the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. In, the, in, in both of those cases, a rub of the green was something that happened where a ball was deflected in the, on, the, on the entire playing field, and a through the green was referring to the entire playing field. 
uh, other than those things that were not through the green. So um, anyway, again, probably there's a thematic tie here as we talk through this list of getting rid of terms that were confusing. So far, all the lists they've dropped were somewhat confusing and misused. And I think this is, I think it goes with hazard, rub of the green, dormy, all square. I think a lot of these terms that are on our list that were pre-2019, I think people who are, have played golf for a long time have some sort of attachment mm-hmm. to these terms. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Seems seems odd to me to have a, a burning attachment to words. Okay. Well, we're going to jump around then because this is this you just teed me up for the the, the very attachment, um, which is the term Stableford, which is still in the book and it is there proudly. Stableford is a form of play, a stroke play competition where you play against a fixed score. Uh, during my short tenure on the rules committee, I attempted unsuccessfully to introduce a parenthetical that better described. Um, Stableford, because I think it's a wonderful form of play. Um, the mistake I made, I think, was, um, I say this, I, I mean, it, it didn't gain favor. It was approved uh, to add a parenthetical that would say right afterward, also known as points. I think there's two problems with that. One, it really isn't known as points. Um, I think it's a good term for people, and it does, it does accurately describe, and the, the, ter- the word points I don't have the definition in, in front of me, probably does show up in, the, in there. So there's certainly uh, a strong rationale for it. But more importantly, attachment to words, Dr. Frank Stableford is a revered figure in golf, particularly for those who uh, hail from the other side of the pond, and they absolutely refuse to even budge an inch to suggest that Stableford could be known as something else. And I suppose the Aussies felt the same way because they play Stableford almost exclusively, or at least that is the predominant form of play when you, when you travel to, to Australia. I've never been there, but that's what I hear. So, again, here's where we're clinging to a word, and I think it's working against um, – uh, we're working against ourselves. I mean, the whole idea in 2019 was to modernize the rule book to bring it up to speed and, and use plain English and describe things. And yet we keep a term like Stableford. So, but dropped rubber, the green dropped dormy dropped through the green. So I do think there's a little bit of hypocrisy there that I can't quite explain. Um, other than, as you just said, clinging. Uh, I, yeah. I, again, I, just, I, I, I don't understand it because I just don't have any strong attachments to any words in the rule book. Mm-hmm. But I, I know there's people that just w- refuse to give up some of these words. They refuse to call a match tied. You know, yeah. they refuse to call a red penalty area anything but a lateral water hazard. Yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, if that, if that doesn't, if that keeps your enjoyment of the game the way it is using old terminology, then by all means, knock yeah. yourself out. But yeah, yeah I, I just, I, I don't, I guess I just don't care enough to, to yeah. hold on to words like that. Well, and, and again, the story real quick on Stableford is this gentleman who was, uh, I, I guess, a fairly famous person outside of golf, had a very high-ranking position. I think he was in the railroad business or something, but he played infamously. I think it was a Carnoustie. I'm probably wrong. I'd love to get some emails correcting us on some of these things. That tells us, you know, validating our, our time spent on these wonderful discussions, but anyway, made a big number late in his round and had an entire day ruined by one hiccup 
Of course, we have uh, the handicap system that allows us to take a maximum score, but that doesn't take away the sting of having a great round ruined. And so at that point, the epiphany occurred, and Dr. Frank said, hey, how about we just play for points, uh, and we just sort of, you know, if you have a bad hole, you just get zero points. It doesn't ruin your day. Brilliant idea. And it was so brilliant, they named it after him, and it's still alive today. So there you have it. Um, so I would say, if, if you're listening, go play for points. And if you want to call it Stableford, uh, you can, but it's a great way to play golf. All right, let's jump back up into our list here. So let's we, – we have one more in our in our top column, 19 to 20. We won't spend a lot of time on it, but it's um, – this is more for the, the rules – Officials, nerds, people who are deep in the rules. But pre-2019, we had what was called a decisions book, decisions on the rules of golf. And when the modernization took place in 19, the decisions book went away. In came the official guide to the rules of golf. Uh, Still serves the same main purpose, but out went the decisions. In came uh, in 19 what were known as interpretations for each rule. And then now in 23, we've gotten rid of that and we have clarifications to this rule. Is there also interpretations? Interpretations no longer exist. That only exists from 19 to 22. Okay. So, so we, that's also had, we also had clarification. On, on we also had clarifications at the same time from 19 to 22. Okay. But now the term is clarification. Clarification. So the, for those of us today. that have a hard time uh, rewiring our brains, if we used to say decisions, we should now say clarifications. Correct. And if we're referring to a book, there is not a clarification. It was the decisions book, and in the decisions book contained 1,800-some decisions. Now, and they weren't really decisions because some of them were just just clarifications. or No, some of them were just... But they were called decisions. Yeah, they're answers to questions. Right. Is what they were. Yeah, we call it that. So now, what is the book itself called? It's still the, the guide. official guide to the rules of golf. Okay. Which it may... Get another name? It may get another name. It may become clarifications to the rules of golf. What do we call what it? it may, what, it what it may become, and this is what I think it will become, and maybe I'm just, this is in my own head, but I always thought when that book came out was that the official part of it was stating its officialness, right? Mm-hmm. This is the official guide. But as the years went on, I started thinking that it's actually the rules official guide. Mm-hmm. And the rules is just dropped. Right. So what it may become is the referee's guide is what mm. I think it'll eventually become is the yeah. referee. Because I've noticed in the last handful of years, the term referee has taken hold over rules official. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, we always used to think as referee is a match play right. term, but it really yeah. applies to both forms of play. Right. So I, possibly in 27, if, if the USJ is not already listening, please consider that. <laughs> Cut me a check for my idea. Yeah, there you go. But I think it'll become the referee's guide at some point. Yeah, interesting. Well, I'll try to be better. I'll call it the clarifications, but that's a tough one. That might be even be harder than uh, hazard for me. Okay, now we're jumping down to just sort of miscellaneous, and they're trying to see if there's a couple, right? The first two are really perlance. Uh, is that a word? What's the word? Yeah, Par- parlance. Par- Parlance, whatever. There's another good word. I love words. I love to misuse words. That's my favorite thing. To it's do. kind of the whole. It's kind of the whole topic Malaprops. of this podcast. So sand trap, um, and right next to it, pin. So when I first started working for the CGA, dating myself in the 1980s, we did lots of rule seminars. 
decree PowerPoint on a rules blanket. And in the props inside the, the, the uh, carry bag for the rules blanket were a, sand, a, a, a mousetrap that, read, that had the word trap written on it and a huge safety pin that was handed out as a booby prize whenever someone asked a question using the term pin or trap. And it was always a little sort of, um, I thought it was almost cruel, uh, so I didn't do it. But I think some of our other more zealous uh, instructors enjoyed handing these out to a sheepish, innocent, somebody could ask a great question. And instead of addressing a great question, but they use the word trap in it, they get handed a trap and everybody laugh at them. So anyway, these terms still exist today. People use them all the time. We call it, a lot of people call it the pin sheet referring to the whole location sheet, um, and trap also is get, gets used a lot. I, I happen to like both those terms because they're very, they're one syllable, uh, they're easy to say, and they, and they really are descriptive. So the, what, is a, what does a bunker do? It traps the ball. That's the idea there. So I think it's a really great, uh, and again, if you really dug into the etymology of, of trap in, in, in the, a golf context, I'll bet you, it may be older than bunker. It wouldn't surprise me. It's actually older. And maybe we should have never moved away from trap. I don't know. Why is bunker so much better than trap? A bunker? Think about that. Yeah. A bunker is like, that's a military term. You're in a bunker. A trap? I don't know. To me, it's not a much of an improvement. And it's still... Pe- yeah. pe- people are going to think I'm the most apathetic uh, <laughs> person in the world, but I, I, don't, I don't care about either one. <laughs> you, use, use whichever you feel like. I'll, I'll continue to use bunker because it's the correct word, yeah. but... I won't get offended if someone calls it a sin. Would, would you ever, even in your relaxed moments when you're reflecting over a round with a beer with your buddies, would you ever say pin? Probably. Yeah, okay. But you wouldn't say trap. Probably not. Yeah. You uh, might bunker, say pin. Bunker, I will say, <laughs> as being the correct one. But trap but will never come pin. out of your mouth unless you're talking about something to trap an animal. Pin, <laughs> pin. I mean, I will fully admit, I'll, I, pin slips out of my mouth all the time. Yeah. As just, you know, not even really thinking about. I, now, if I... So you can, sometimes you drop a pin is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Someone will ask me about, you know, oh, you know, do you have, you know, where's the pin sheets? It's like, oh, yeah. pin sheets are on the first two. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, whatever the whatever yeah. the case is. But yeah. no, trap, yeah, use it however you like. I could hear you say, yeah, we tucked the pin on that one. I could say that, tuck the yeah. pin. Yeah. It's, it it, it yeah. slips out time okay. to time. All right. Well, I'm with you. I don't, I am, I'm not, I guess I'm not apathetic because I do care. And I think people who use the term trap and pin should not be punished or treated as, you know, cruelly or embarrassed. I think that's fine. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, yeah. I don't think so either. I think people have gotten words hammered into their head from over time and whether it's correct or not, and it just sticks. Okay, you take the next couple here. So the next handful probably could have gone up in our columns with, from, nine, from pre-19 to present day, but... Um, not when I see people misuse that much anymore, just because how many casual golfers were walking around saying outside agency to begin with, but the term outside agency becoming outside influence in 2019, just to describe, um, either another player in stroke play, a spectator, an animal, um, something other than the player, the player's caddy, an opponent in stroke play or natural forces that could move a golf ball or or influence what can happen to a golf ball. Yeah. And I think that probably is 
um, part of the plain English and translation um, uh, cleanup from 29 into 2019, where because an agency has, if, if you think about translating that word into Spanish and French, and mm-hmm. oh my goodness, just like um, we might as well jump down to that one: casual water versus temporary water. Trying to translate casual versus temporary, and the term influence is a is a is a much better. Um, <laughs> don't you think it's better than agency? Well, yeah. yeah. I'll skip back to casual water here in a second, but. It, it's just it describes exactly what it's describing, right? Yeah. It's what casual water? No, no, no. Oh. Outside influence, right? Yeah. yeah. When we talk about an outside influence, it's something that's influencing, right? A player, As opposed a to agency. Ball. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's either it's either something that moved the ball, something that deflected the ball, it's something that's influencing what's right. happening to the ball. So right. it just makes sense to call it an outside influence. Yeah, and I, that's again, that's one I definitely will continue to have struggle getting out of my. Get out of my mouth! I'll say outside agency because I've been saying it for so long. So, so what do you 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 intrigue me? What you have a problem with casual water? You think it's uh, this was I, God? This was year. This was probably the, the 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 first year of nineteen. I was officiating somewhere, and someone asked me about is this, and this was maybe I was a bigger jerk back then. <laughs> <laughs> You're trending in the right but, direction, but Your I but I do remember <laughs> in nineteen. Temporary water was the first term I really had hammered in my head mm-hmm. of the new terminology. Casual water went right out the door. Uh-huh. Temporary water came in. Yeah. Probably just because I thought it was such a better yeah. term to, to describe yeah. what it was. It's water that's there temporarily. Right. Right. And um, I remember this player asked me, is this casual water? And I, I don't take credit for this response. I maybe heard it somewhere else before this, but. I responded to the player by saying, as opposed to what, formal water? <laughs> yeah. And I just, I... It's a water wearing a tuxedo. Looking, it's, a, looking, it's, a, it's a business attire I just, water. I, I just think out of, all the, out of all the terminology changes, that one's probably one of the best ones. Yeah. Casual water was such a bad... Yeah. I, such I, a bad I term. agree, and I don't have any romantic, uh, uh, you know, about and, and that, it's a about term that, that one. And it's just like Here hazard... Players today still, oh, yeah. it, it's stuck in their head, and they'll continue to use it, and it's yeah. just it won't go away. Yep, yep, no doubt. Um, wonder why it stuck around that long when you think about how good a change that was. Um, we skipped over, I think, at least one. Well, we talked about it earlier. The areas teeing area has been it replaced the term teeing ground. Um, so, uh, uh, abnormal ground condition uh, has been replaced with abnormal course condition. Probably makes sense. I mean, yeah, it, another another. It just it, one again. It just it better describes what it's trying to describe or what the what fits the definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like teeing ground becoming area, that's describing an area of the golf course. The, an abnormal course condition now is describing something that's mm-hmm. on the course. Right, and there's a yeah exactly. The, there's a there's a connection. The dots are connected to other terms that will lead you instead of pointing to a term that doesn't exist uh, or it's just, it's, it's really been, and that's when you rewrite something from the ground up as, as the rule makers did in 2019, you have a chance to kind of clean your closet and get rid of some clothes you don't, you don't need and, you know, have those wide lapels or whatever. Um, another one that uh, is tied to a rules change is burrowing animal hole has been replaced by animal hole. 
And again, I'm, that's one I'll continue to struggle with because for so long, um, been using the term burrowing animal, but why don't you explain the rules change behind that term change? Well, simply just dropping the burrowing part of that just simplifies that relief in general and what is an animal whole, right? It's, you know, it mm-hmm. just, if you look at the definition of animal whole, it just tells you it's any hole dug by an animal and parts of the tracks or trails leading into the hole. Mm-hmm. Now there's a caveat for that, that if it's also an animal that's a loose impediment, like an ant, a worm, or an insect, we're going to throw that hole out. Right. That's not going to count under this definition. Well, where I was going with the rules change, it used to be you had to be a bit of a zoologist or entomologist to figure out whether it was whether, a burrowing animal Whether or you not. got relief or not. So what is it? Was it a dog that happened to be chasing a rabbit and, and aggressively dug a quick hole? That, or was it actually a rabbit? that dug a hole trying to get away from the dog. You had to know the difference between the two. Now it's just, if an animal created it, you get relief from it. With those exceptions that you mentioned. So so don't say burrowing animal hole anymore. Just say that's an animal hole. So there you go. Um, One that I think probably would make it to the very top of our list if we were uh, taking this like we did, the most violated rules, the most misused terms in the rules of golf would probably be, be this one. Instead of, Four ball, people say best ball. And that a four ball is when two players on a side representing a side play, each play their own ball and they count the better ball, another term that gets used wrongly. Best ball and better ball do not exist in the rules, uh, to my knowledge, or do they? They don't exist in the rules, but best ball exists as a format. Oh, yes, you're right. Best, but it's a weird format. It's It's a match play format where a side of two players is playing a four ball against a single. Yeah. Right. As a, as in a match. Can you imagine if, if the world of golf had to start playing every time you use the term best ball, you said, okay, it's, you it's, have to drop out. And we're going to go to a threesome and you're playing a match against these two. It's I mean, a, it's a bizarre <laughs> format. It, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of three ball. Yeah. Where, you know, you Oh have, yeah. You got three you concurrent, th- three yeah. players, a, A, B, and C. A is playing a match against B. B is playing a match against C. C is playing a match against A. Yeah. And then you That's, get all to the nuance of one of those balls is moved, who moved it, or... Oh, yeah, or, or a stroke is recalled, but yeah. it's only recalled by one player, not the other player. Right, now you have right. two, two balls in play. Right. <laughs> Bizarre format. But again, but, I mean, when you'll hear it at the Ryder Cup, it, it'll slip out. Maybe we have a drinking game, um, you know, where how many times will... Uh, a commentator say the best ball portion uh, instead of the four ball portion. They're pretty good about it now, I think, and they're it's it's been pretty yeah. well ingrained in them at this point. But it'll probably come out. Somebody, John, what's the guy's name? The, the, I'm John Wood, who's the caddy, uh, who's a former caddy, who's a very good commentator. He'll probably I could see him if I had to put my money on a player to use best ball, it'd be him if he's there at the Ryder Cup. He was he was actually on the TV coverage of the the, the amateur. The amateur. I know yeah. he did a good job. I liked his very good insights. Yeah, good so him. anyway, that's just one that, that definitely um, people struggle with. So just to be clear, the most common form of play that we see in this country should be called a four ball. And that's when at your local country club, uh, golf course, whatever it may be, and four players show up and they decide they're going to throw up balls and play a, a friendly game and play that $2 Nassau, and player A and player B are aside, and player C and D are aside, and they go play a fun round of golf, and they count the better score of the side, and that's the one, and forget strokes and all the other things. That is a four ball. It's not a best ball, 
That is a four ball, and it's not a better ball. It is a four ball. And again, I th- the, the 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 cue to help people remember that has always been how many balls are being played, and the answer is four. Um, and that brings us to our last one: uh, alternate shot or foursomes. Um, this is the only one on the list that I could see where a parenthetical was introduced. The term foursome is still the definition, defined term for this form of play, alternate shot. Uh, and it now says parenthetically, also known as alternate shot. So we didn't drop the term altogether and talk about confusing because how many times do we say foursome? Who's in my foursome? Uh, again, that is referring to a very, very specific form of play that is played almost exclusively at Muirfield in Scotland, and that's an alternate shot, or also known as scotch. I don't think, does scotch show up in the rule book? Probably not. And that's got to be no, from Scotland. They played it, it in Scotland. Yeah, it I shows assume. somewhat, it, not not the term of it, but I think the, the format of it shows up in the other forms of stroke play section mm-hmm. in the rule. And it's way, 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 way tucked in the mm-hmm. committee procedures, way back in the book of other forms of play. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily other forms of stroke play, because that's, there is a rule that talks about other forms of stroke play, but it's way tucked back in the committee procedures about other forms of play. And I think the rules call it green sums. Mm. Okay. If you look up green sums, I think it's essentially what that format yeah. is. And the, the trick was to remember the difference from a rules standpoint, not from casual conversation standpoint between a four ball and a foursomes. Some people would say some of the, some of the players are playing some of the time. Um, mm. Hence the term for some, um, Again, who knows where that term, we'll have to get a historian on to explain the history of that rule. It's a wonderful form of play. I actually played it recently. The, uh, our friends at the Fried Egg, who do a wonderful job uh, promoting common ground, promoting golf course architecture, probably my favorite podcast other than this one, of course. Um, and they were at common ground, and the format in the morning was a four ball, and the format in the afternoon was a foursome. So I got to play an alternate shot format. Uh, with Emily Olson here on our staff, and we actually shot 72. I think that was pretty good, pretty good play. Yep. And that's including my skull over the green on number one. Emily drove it to 90 yards short of the green. I sculled it almost into the native. Uh, she chipped it on reasonably close. I putted it about 12 feet by, and she couldn't cover for me on that one, so that was our double. And then we played the rest of the round one under. So anyway, pretty cool. Pretty cool, fun, fun format. I've never played a – I've never personally played a – foursome match i think that would be really fun yeah, i've never played match play foursomes I, I i do like the format i think it's cool i think yeah. just the knock on it it gets is that people just don't feel like they're playing exactly the full round they feel golf. cheated they feel like they're playing half the shots and i kind of particularly when you're playing it in the afternoon and you already played uh, a full 18 <laughs> of four ball in the morning it's kind of nice to know you're not going to be responsible for hitting every shot so yeah the thing that always, last thing i'll say about foursomes is we'll wrap up here but the I often hear people saying, you know, true alternate shot or, you know. Right, true. And, and there that, that, really, that really doesn't exist as a format under the rules. Right. Because if for what people think is true alternate shot is, you know, player A holds out and now B is up on the tee. Right. Or, well, or, or they'll say true meaning the way it's defined meaning you take you pick odds and evens and that's what you stick with. So I never know when they say true, which yeah. true are you referring to? Correct. The literal? That's what we should call it. Literal alternate shot well, I mean, versus I, alternate shot. I don't think there sh- it should have to be a, any clarification because the format's the format. I know, I, I agree. So. But you're, it, is, it is definitely true. Yeah. 
So with that, speaking of the truth, the truth has come, and it's time to say goodbye for another Spirit of the Game. So this is Ed Mate saying talk to you next month. All right. Until next time. That was fun, Lewis. Yep.